Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Wrestling Uncensored. Tonight on the show, WWE releases nine. Seth Rollins causes a disqualification in the main event of SmackDown. And where did Edge and Daniel Bryan go? I mean, I watched SmackDown for one guy, right? Daniel Bryan. Where was my man D. Bry tonight? And of course, I don't really care about what happened on SmackDown tonight. A truly awful episode of SmackDown. WWE following up a tremendous weekend of WrestleMania. I think most wrestling fans pretty satisfied with what the WWE did last Saturday and Sunday night. Monday night was an absolute train wreck of Raw, and the train continues to go off the rails tonight on SmackDown. We see the debut of new SmackDown color commentator Pat McAfee. What did you all think of ex-football punter, kicker, whatever he did in the NFL? I don't really give a damn because in pro wrestling, he's worthless to me. Pat McAfee tonight on SmackDown sitting next to good old Michael Cole, Johnny North, my main man, my good friend, my confidant, my wrestling icon. How are you, my friend? Well, I feel good after that little intro. That's nice. But uh, SmackDown was not that good tonight. It's disappointing, but, um, you know, WWE, it just seems like they lost a lot of, I guess, just creative ideas or they just lost any uh, ambition to have good shows, I guess, because I guess WrestleMania was all they could pull off. Yeah, I think that they, uh, you know, they had some ideas for Mania and they ran out of ideas for what to do afterwards. And they're just like, let's get to Backlash and we'll see what happens there. Because Backlash, they called WrestleMania Backlash and you've seen since Mania, they haven't started anything new. Have they started anything new after WrestleMania? Anything. Did anything new start tonight on SmackDown? Any single story? Or was it all just follow-up from WrestleMania leading into WrestleMania Backlash in, like, mid-May? It's not like this thing is next week. We gotta wait several weeks for WrestleMania Backlash, which will just be a mini version of WrestleMania featuring several rematches. This is May 16th we're talking about. This is several weeks of this that we're gonna have to sit through now. Several weeks. I'm trying to count. One, two, three, four, four more weeks of Raw and SmackDown looking like this, where all we're doing is carrying over stories from WrestleMania, things that have already kind of been beaten into the ground. We know Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE title is going to be one of the main events at WrestleMania Backlash. Oh, we just saw it at Mania, and it sucked. I mean, it sucked to me. Maybe some people liked it. I don't know. I know a couple people that, that liked it, but. It wasn't my favorite match, and I don't think anybody's calling it the match of the night at WrestleMania. Yet we're doing it again at WrestleMania Backlash. So it's just a lot of filler. 
It's a lot of the same, a lot of typical WWE stuff, but not starting anything new, nothing creative, very bland, cookie-cutter stuff that you could barely call professional wrestling. Johnny, um, are you hyped for WrestleMania Backlash? I mean, is anybody? It's terrible. It's like we're going to see the same card except a mini version with fewer celebrities, no Bad Bunny, no Logan Paul, and it's going to be in the Thunderdome, so there's going to be no feel, no ambiance, just that that buzzing and the fake crowd noises and the fake chants. Oh, a shittier version of Mania in the Thunderdome. Right? How do you How do you get hyped for this? How do they not bring anything? Anything post-Mania. I mean, Raw and SmackDown, both nothing shows. At least Charlotte showed up on Raw. That was something. But tonight at SmackDown, nothing started, right? Did anything begin tonight? Anything new? Like Seth and Cesaro are still feuding. Kevin and Sammy are still feuding. Did anything start tonight for the future of the WWE? Well, just the potential of Cesaro versus Roman. He still might be far away from that, but they kind of started that. So that that's something. And mm. I, I'm actually happy we have four weeks for a pay-per-view. I, I think it's too much to have pay-per-view every, like, two or three weeks. And give us four weeks to breathe a bit. It's fine. I guess, but you're breathing, you know, in the meantime, we're still going to be watching these Raw and SmackDown shows, and they're not going to be starting anything new. It's just going to be continued stories. Like, they're just going to drag on these stories, you know? Like, I get, okay, yeah, wait a while for a pay-per-view, but nothing's going to be new at that pay-per-view. I think Seth and Cesaro probably wrestle again at WrestleMania Backlash, right? Well, it's still too early to tell. I mean, they could do that match on SmackDown. It could lead up to him finally getting that match with Roman. Yeah, A lot, a lot can happen between now and uh, the pay-per-view. And, you know, there's another pay-per-view a couple weeks after that as well, so... They're they're building towards something else now, and it's a whole new season. So, you know, get, I give them time on this one. It's just you know, you you had to give us something this week, and you didn't give us much. That's it. You got to follow up on the good WrestleMania with something, with something. Alex Taras says, "Let's not talk about SmackDown. Just talk about the WWE releasing wrestlers." I think Alex is bang on. We'll talk about SmackDown. We'll get to it, but like. Not much happened. We could talk about the releases. That's really the big news. There's no news out of SmackDown. I was anticipating something out of SmackDown. We got nothing. Shout out to the members, Craig Paquette. I see you. Doug Hepburn, I see you. Chatting with you before the show even started, my man. Shout out to Doug and Craig, who are members right now. I see them on the chat. Don't forget to become a member of the team. You can go to donate.ringsidereport.net. You can just go. On the main YouTube page, become a member. Five bucks a month, not so bad. And it helps the Ringside Report Network survive and continue to give you quality programming each and every night, it seems like, for me. This week I was on Monday after Raw, Wednesday after Dynamite with Johnny and Glenn, the post-Dynamite team. Thursday night, UFC show, Ringside Report MMA, breaking down the Jake Paul-Ben Askren boxing match and giving you some winners for UFC Vegas tomorrow tomorrow night. Giving you some big-time winners. We're all on uh, Chase Sherman. Big-time underdog over Andre Arlovsky. Well, not a big underdog, but we all like him unanimously on the show in a major way. So we're giving you winners on Ringside Report MMA every Thursday night, 8 p.m. 
And then, of course, every Friday night here, Wrestling Uncensored after SmackDown. And tomorrow night, I'll be back here, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren, the live watch-along for the big boxing match, Paul versus Askren. Tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern is the start time for the pay-per-view. We will be watching along right here with you tomorrow night. So do not forget to subscribe to the channel, like this video, leave a comment. If you're not going to become a member... If you don't want to pitch in a couple bucks, if you don't want to drop a super chat, we we understand times are tough. But, I mean, liking the video, it costs you nothing. Subscribing to the channel, it costs you nothing. So, you know, we appreciate it. If you watch the show, if you like the show, subscribe, like the video, leave a comment. It helps us out. If you want to drop a super chat, if you want to become a member, that helps us out even more. Okay? Okay. But we are going to talk about the releases here because I think the releases are what we need to talk about. That's the big news. We could talk about the new commentary teams that are pretty awful. I mean, Pat McAfee. I'll talk about Pat McAfee. Goddamn Pat McAfee. I thought we were done with Pat McAfee. I had to deal with all these Pat McAfee fans when he was wrestling. He had one match with Adam Cole that was garbage. Some of the worst non-connecting punches you will ever see. Bad Bunny. I mean, Pat McAfee makes Bad Bunny look like Brett the Hitman Hart. That's how shitty Pat McAfee was in the ring. Fuck Pat McAfee. Guy's awful. Got no time for that guy or his fans. Bunch of jabronis following around an NFL kicker like he's God. Check yourself. It's ridiculous. Pat McAfee. Guy sucks. Anyways. WWE released a guy who doesn't suck. Samoa Joe. They released Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, both iconics. They broke them up for what? They had a legitimate tag team. The only tag team that has a, had a name that weren't, you know, Nia and Shayna, Sasha and Bianca, Asuka and Charlotte. Even the Sexy Muscle Friends, they won't even allow to be the Sexy Muscle Friends. They have to be Mandy and Dana. But here you had a ready-made tag team in your weak Women's division, where you have very few tag teams. I mean, the division is strong. They have good talent. But the roster is very thin, especially in the tag team ranks. You need bodies. You need teams. The Iconics were a great team. They broke them up. And you would think, oh, they broke them up. Maybe they're going to push one of them as a single star. That happened? Billy Kay talented as hell. Hilarious. Money on the microphone. One of my favorite parts of every show that I saw that she was on. Billy Kay is money. And they released Billy Kay. They released Peyton Royce, her tag team partner. Peyton Royce's husband, Sean Spears, works for AEW. So hopefully the Iconics show up in AEW. Wouldn't be surprised to see Samoan Joe show up in AEW. Kalisto was released. An extremely talented luchador. Imagine Kalisto versus Ray Phoenix. Good God Almighty. Woo! That would be fire. Mojo Rowley was released, which, you know, happens. Tucker was released, which I think he's got a future in professional wrestling. I hope he sticks to it because he's big. He's got an amateur background. He's got a look. They just didn't do much with him. I like Tucky. Mickey James was released. I don't know if she still wants to wrestle. She's been in the game for a long time, but. Mickey James, a legend, future Hall of Famer. She was released. Wesley Blake was released, who, you know, I don't think many people are going to miss, but Wesley Blake does have his third child on the way with uh, 
former tough enough winner Sarah something. You remember her? Remember she won tough enough on the season that Mandy was on? She was like the female winner, and they had that Yeti guy as the male winner, and neither of them became pro wrestlers. Well, she married Wesley Blake and has had two of his kids and is pregnant with the third. So, I mean, it's it's never fun getting fired from your job with a baby on the way. So Wesley Blake fired. Chelsea Green, also released by the WWE. I think she'll turn up in professional wrestling somewhere. She was an impact before. She's a real wrestler. She'll show up. And Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas no longer with the WWE. And I think he's in some sort of relationship with Liv Morgan, who remains in the company. But Bo Dallas was a bit of a surprise, even though, you know, he hasn't been in the in in the company. I mean, you haven't seen him on TV. He's worked for them technically, but you haven't seen Bo Dallas in a while. You wonder where Bo Dallas has been. At one point, you know, he was NXT champion. It really felt like they were grooming Bo Dallas to be one of their top stars. He's, of course, the brother of Bray Wyatt, who is one of their top stars. The son of Mike Rotunda, formerly IRS, who... Does does Rotunda still work for the company? He was a backstage guy for a while. I'm not sure if he still works there. He was furloughed or released at some point. Do you know, John? Is I believe Rotunda? he was He's, released, yeah. He was released. Okay, well... I mean, his son Bray is still there. I was a little bit surprised to see Bo Dallas released. More surprised to see them let go of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. I think those were the biggest surprises of the lot. Samoa Joe, I mean, he's been injured for a while. He had a concussion issue, and he wasn't cleared medically by the WWE to return. And he's been doing commentary, but I think he's been serviceable on commentary. I certainly enjoy watching Samoa Joe on commentary over Pat McAfee or whoever else they have. I like Byron Saxton, but he's pretty much the only guy I like on commentary in WWE these days. I like Byron. I find Byron uh, charming and engaging. I like Byron Saxton. Corey Graves, you know, eh. The new guy Adnan was quite green and not good. And Pat McAfee tonight basically sounded like Corey Graves. It felt like I was listening to Corey Graves. I don't think Corey Graves is particularly good, and I don't think Pat McAfee is either. But they brought him in tonight as, you know, apart from a couple botches on the mic, I didn't think he was terrible, terrible. He basically just sounded like another Corey Graves, you know, just like Tom Phillips sounded like another Michael Cole and I didn't really notice the difference because these people aren't real people they're basically robots like when WWE could figure out how to just robot artificial intelligence commentary just to do the fed lines that are given to them they'll do that if they could have robots if they could have non-humans do commentary that's what they would do they want commentary to be completely devoid of of any kind of character or charisma or anything. Commentary needs to be bland AF, and that's what it is. You thought Pat McAfee was there to bring in charisma? Pat McAfee's there to sound like Corey Graves on The Blue Show. I was not impressed with Pat McAfee tonight. Hey, Patrick C. Hamilton dropping the Super Chat. Thank you, Patrick, supporting the team. He says we are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I think we're pretty amazing, too. Johnny, uh, before we get to the releases and, and we'll break them down one by one, 
What did you think about uh, the new commentary guys this week? Adnan Verk on Raw teaming with, uh, who do you have, Corey Graves and Byron. And then you had a two-man booth tonight, Pat McAfee and the voice of the WWE, Michael Cole. Goddamn commentary is bad in WWE. Commentary is bad, but I, I've been saying it's been bad for months now. And I'm kind of glad they changed it up. I mean, I didn't get to listen to Raw this week, but SmackDown, it, it felt different. Like, not having Corey Graves there. Like, they may have fed some lines that sound exactly like Corey Graves, but, like, it felt like it wasn't Corey and Michael. It felt like Michael with a fan, pretty much. Pat McAfee felt like just a an educated fan, for the most part. Did he sound educated to And I'll, I'll take you? change. Sorry. Yeah, he sounded educated. <laughs> All right, and, I and I'll take change. I like to, I've been asking for this. Yeah, I, I've but, been asking for this change for a while. So, did it really feel I'll, like I'll much of a change? Out. Did it feel drastic? Does Pat McAfee feel like you know bringing Paul Heyman into commentary? Which, by the way, he's not talking that much with Roman. Him on commentary would be way better. Or when they brought in Joey Styles, or having Mick Foley, or even JBL, like all these people, wrestling people. Which I've said time and time again, use wrestling people on commentary. They're the best ones. They bring in some ESPN reject and some kicker from the NFL. Who wants to listen to these jabronis? I don't I don't care about these guys' opinions about professional wrestling. They don't really have opinions about professional wrestling. Their words carry absolutely no weight. I don't care about them. This is not the change that I've been looking for for the WWE. I'd like them to stick to wrestling. I'd like them to stick to professional wrestlers. I'm not upset that Samoa Joe was released because he's this great guy on commentary. He's no Jerry Lawler. He's no, you know, Bobby Heenan. Joe is, you know, fine on commentary. But I respect his words more than Pat McAfee's or even Corey Graves because Joe has been there and done that. Taz was not great on commentary, but you could respect the words coming out of his mouth because he was Taz, the, the human... Suplex machine, you know? He was a guy you could respect at one time in the wrestling business that you knew was a badass. Samoa Joe, same thing. Gorilla Monsoon, same thing. Legitimate badass wrestlers that transition smoothly into commentary. Was Joe as good as Gorilla? No, but he's a wrestler. He knows what he's talking about. He knows how to do commentary. This Adnan guy was given the job, and he just started watching wrestling in January. I just read an interview with this guy. He hasn't been watching wrestling. He's like, oh, I studied for this. Like, I'd study for a hockey game or a football game. Get the fuck out of here, bro. No one wants to hear you. You'd rather be doing hockey, but no hockey guys want to hire you. I don't want to see people in the WWE as their third or fifth choice. I want to see people in the WWE there giving it their all because they want it to be there. Because they give a shit. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee could have an NFL analyst job, he'd fucking take it. But nobody gives a shit about his NFL opinions. He's got his little podcast and he does his little opinions on the NFL. But if the NFL Network came calling or CBS or whoever the fuck 
and said, oh, there's a spot next to Terry Bradshaw, he'd take it. Get the fuck out of here. Fucking guys. I don't like these guys. They're not good at wrestling, and they're fly-by-night. They come in, they get the paycheck, and they leave. They come in, they fail miserably, and they leave. WWE bringing in two more guys that are non-wrestling people that will not be in the WWE in five years. Bank on it. Neither of these guys, McAfee or Adnan Verk, will be in the WWE in five years. I'd be surprised if they were here in a year. If they're still working for the WWE in a year, they have done better than I thought that they would. These guys will not last because they are not wrestling people. And when it gets tough, when things get hard, when, you know, you're past the honeymoon stage with Vince and he fucking barks at you and you're on the road and it's not so fun because you're not in Florida all the time, maybe the passion will be gone. And then when ESPN does come calling, you'll be like, oh, I guess I'll go back there. Oh, I'm going to go do a sports show on a CBS Sports Network. Because I was really trying to parlay this WWE job into some other fucking media job in sports. Because I really like soccer or baseball or whatever the fuck. Go do that shit then. Get the fuck out of the wrestling business. Stay out of my wrestling business, you fucks. I don't want to see these people around. Fucking visitors. Fucking tourists in the wrestling business. Get the fuck out. Parasites leeching off professional wrestling. Leeching off professional wrestlers. This fucking NFL reject has a job. And Samoa Joe, a man who's given his life to the wrestling business, does not. Right now. Parasites on the wrestling business. Leave. Don't come back. Mike Adamley. Thank you, Bob Cote. I was trying to remember that jabroni's name. Millions of Mike Adamleys out there. Leave. Todd Grishams. Stay out. You don't belong. Get the fuck out. You have a lot of anger in your heart, it seems. But um, <laughs> I just think these guys I'm are I'm not fucking, that angry. I think that they're leeching off the wrestling business. I don't feel it's that harsh. Like, you know, they were given opportunity. Like, what, they're going to say no to it? Like, I, I get it. Like, whether you like it or not, like, WWE actually likes Pat McAfee. Yeah. Like, they want him to be on television. Well, like, it's idiots. not like he came asking. They they asked for him. Yeah. Well, they are stupid. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, have you seen their show? They're obviously completely buffoons. Look at their stupid show. Look at their terrible wrestling show tonight. Do you think that WWE really has any fucking idea what they're doing? I mean, their business people know what they're doing. They're making good business deals. But as far as good wrestling decisions, what's the last really good wrestling decision they've made? Well, they just had WrestleMania. I think a lot of good decisions came off that one. I mean, a couple, maybe. But major decisions? Really? I mean, they had WrestleMania. Okay, that wasn't really a decision. That just happens every year. What wrestling moves have they made? Putting people in key places. Signings. 
You know, like what have they really I'm not talking about angles. I'm talking about, oh, they hired this guy to do this. That's a smart move. Oh, they brought in this guy for that. Hey, what have they done? They released Andrade. They didn't book Charlotte at Mania. They called Backlash WrestleMania Backlash. They hired Adnan, who, by the way, I heard got fired from ESPN for leaking information to, like, media. You know, like, uh, you know, inside ESPN dirt, he was leaking shit, so ESPN fired him. You think the pro wrestling business is a good spot for him? Unfucking believable Well, they're just as bad, to be honest. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, fuck. Hey, Meltzer, I I think you should call Adnan. He might be willing to talk. If you got questions, call that fucking guy. Leaky Fawcett, Adnan Verk. Fucking guy. Terrible. I mean, just amateur on Raw. Sounded terrible. Didn't look great either. What's the last good wrestling decision they made? When they hired Heyman to run Raw? Like, what? What's the last thing they did where you're like, "Mm, that seems smart? Bring in Bruce Pritchard back? Like, what have they done? Well, I just look in terms of the women's division right now. I think it's stronger than ever right now. I love New Direction as well. Doug Hepburn says, having two women of color main event night one was smart. But that's not a wrestling decision. That's a... I mean, look, they deserve to main event night one. They were the main event of night one. But them pushing that angle is, you know, PR. It's not a wrestling decision. I'm talking about a wrestling move. Like, they're bringing in... Well, it's not just about that. Well, I mean, look, it's not just about that. And I think, you know, the PR is good and that's smart or whatever. uh, And they deserve to main event. And they also made Bianca into a star at WrestleMania. I think that was smart. But I'm not talking about... Those types of decisions. I'm not talking about an angle. I'm not talking about booking. I'm talking about hiring people. What's the last good hire that they made? What's the last signing that they did? Wrestler even. Or non-wrestler. Who have they signed that has been good? Smart. Where you said, hey, that's a good one. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. Long time. That's what I'm saying, man. They don't know what they're doing anymore. They've lost the plot. Well, it takes it, time to build stars, though. Yeah, I'm not talking about building stars. I'm talking about hiring people that make sense for your company. I'm talking about, you know, building for the future. I'm talking about hiring the right producers, the right commentary team. How about just starting with commentary? It's dog shit across the board. Yeah, but it's not easy to find good commentators these days, too. Like, There's not exactly a lot of good commentators. You ever heard Caprice Coleman? I'll no. take him over anybody in uh, WWE right now. He's a Ring of Honor color color commentary guy with Ian Riccoboni. You ever heard Ian Riccoboni? Yeah, I've heard him. of him, yeah. I'll take Ian Riccoboni over Adnan Verk. You kidding me? Ian Riccoboni, Kevin Kelly. I mean, at this point, I'd take Jim Cornette on color commentary over fucking Pat McAfee. If he could be, you know, like, uh, told what to do, uh, Cornette would be fun. 
Fucking put Vince Russo on commentary, bro. Let's see what happens. Roll the dice. Bring in a wrestling person. You know who'd be great on fucking commentary that they never, ever think of? I don't know why. Maybe he doesn't want to do it, but Eric Bischoff would be fucking good on commentary. He was good on commentary. He's got the gift of gab. I doubt he'd take the job, but fuck, who knows? Get Uncle Eric to do commentary. Look, there are guys out there. There are wrestling people out there that they could hire. They had Jim Ross. They let him go because they don't want wrestling people, right? Where's Mike Tanay? You don't think Mike Tanay would uh, answer the call from the WWE right now to be the color commentary on SmackDown? You telling me you wouldn't be fascinated to hear Michael Cole and Mike Tanay doing the color on SmackDown? I would much rather that. I want to hear pro wrestling people. I mean, you say, oh, there's not that many commentary teams out there. I just named a bunch. A bunch of guys. Caprice Coleman would be tremendous. He's probably under contract with Ring of Honor and he can't go, but he's very, very good. You know? There are guys out there that can do commentary. Um, Like I said, Kevin Kelly for uh, New Japan is tremendous. Don Callis was really good on commentary. He's a little busy these days, but there are people out there that have the ability to do commentary that if you are involved in the world of professional wrestling and you are paying attention and you are in the wrestling world, you're aware of and you might think of hiring for your TV show but their heads are so far up the entertainment asses and the business world. And, hey, let's get somebody from ESPN that they're fucking not thinking about wrestling anymore. They don't want to be a wrestling company. And it's an insult to wrestling fans that watch their shit thinking that it is a wrestling company. Because we all think that the world wrestling entertainment is a wrestling show. Because we all grew up watching the WWF. As the best wrestling we'd ever seen. It was the best shit. We love the WWF. And we think it's the same company. But I think they want you to think there's somebody else. Because they're not on the pulse of the wrestling world. They are not aware of who's out there, who's the real talent, who they should be scooping up. Their eye for talent is non-existent at this point. Who's scouting for them? Who is scouting? Like, I know they're scouting college athletes and stuff, and that's all fine, but who's scouting the wrestling business for this goddamn company? What is going on? They are not hiring wrestling people. They are not putting the people in place that should be there. Hire Caprice Coleman. Hire Joey Styles. Hire AJ Styles. Put AJ on commentary, goddamn. That guy could talk. You let Christian go to AEW. That guy could be on commentary. Put CM Punk on commentary. Couldn't pay him to do that? You're telling me CM Punk wouldn't be good on commentary? If WWE really wanted to do something good tonight, they wouldn't have hired Pat McAfee. They would have hired CM Punk. There are people out there that can do it. You don't have to hire these people that can't do it. It's simple to me. I don't know. I've heard people on commentary good. Pretty much everybody outside of the WWE that's on commentary is pretty good, to be real. Like, I'll take Josh Matthews over any of the guys they currently have. You know? Where's Don West? Bring Don West in to do your color commentary. 
That guy could sell anything. Matt Stryker. Go a little go. too Bob far Dose. there. Ah, why not? I would take Don West over Pat McAfee. 100, 100%. Well, again, like you're going for more wrestling, and they're not going for that. They're going for more of the entertainment value. And McAfee, he attracts that audience that they're looking for now. Like you saw what they did with Bad Bunny. They're trying to attract a bigger audience, and Pat McAfee does that for them. Don West, you know, Mike Tanay, Joey Styles, that attracts that wrestling audience, which they're not really pushing for. No, they're pushing against. But the problem is the only people that are watching them are the hardcore wrestling fans at this point. It's not like the whole world's watching the WWE right now. Your main fan base is insulted on a weekly basis, and the people you're trying to get couldn't give a fuck about your company. Right? They don't care. It's not working. This whole, oh, we're an entertainment company. It's not the wrestling business, pal. Is it working? Because I think a lot of fans are getting turned off. And I think a lot of fans that used to be there are gone because they're being turned off because it's not wrestling. It's cheap entertainment. It's not even good entertainment because they can't get good entertainers to do their show. Like, they can't get legitimate entertainers to actually do commentary. Like, if they could hire Kevin Hart to be the commentary, it's like, oh, shit, that'd be, you know, that'd be something. But they're not getting, like, top-flight entertainers. They're getting fucking D-level entertainers to show up, and that's who they get. I mean, not Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny was an A-level star who showed up and did his WrestleMania bit, and now he's going on a world tour because he loved the wrestling business. Logan Paul, he's an A-level star. He showed up for a little bit. WrestleMania, there you go. But Pat McAfee, I mean, he's not bringing eyeballs into the company. A lot of this entertainment stuff they try to do, these entertainers they try to bring in, eh, it's not good entertainment. I mean, have you seen the WWE movies? They're not good at entertainment. If they were good at entertainment, if their comedy was funny, if their movies were good, if they were actually doing this well, I wouldn't have a problem. I'd be like, oh, it's fine entertainment, pal. It's not quite wrestling that we grew up with, but hey, it's entertaining. Except it's not. So they reject what they're good at, which is wrestling, and they try to be this entertainment company, which they're terrible at. Stick with what you're good at. Stick with what brought you to the dance. It's a wrestling company. I don't care what they want to be or what they're trying to be, and I'm goddamn sick of it. Because I still watch wrestling matches. All these people that are in the ring, when they're not on TV, they're calling themselves professional wrestlers. Sports entertainment shit has got to end. It is not... What are you going to do? It's a WWE, right? It's where they're at right now. It is really hard to watch. Doug Hepburn dropping a super chat. chat. Thank you, Doug. He says, we are not worthy. You guys keep it real. I'm keeping it real. Keep it at 100 every single week. Uh, Matthew the Magician says the AEW announced team is amazing. Yeah, I mean... There's a lot of guys out there that can cut promos and can do wrestling commentary. I don't know why the WWE keeps hiring these people that can't do it. 
Why hire people that are bad when you can hire people that are good? Seems kind of basic to me. But WWE can't figure that one out. John's not that mad about it, though. John doesn't care. Well, it's one week. I'm not going to say it's the end of the world right now. I mean, we put up with uh, the commentator for like a year, and it was like, okay, this is too much. They got to change this up. And they actually listened. They're going to actually change it up. So I'm going to give them more than one week to say, oh, this is already terrible. But they changed it up with guys that, you know, they don't have much potential. Change it up with somebody you want to hear, not people like, you know, Adnan and McAfee. Well, I, I don't expect McAfee to, to last that long anyways. Like, once the NFL season starts, like, he'll probably be, be gone or you only see him every so often. So, really? this is only going to last for so long. Yeah, I don't expect it. Like, you think he'll be there for the pay-per-views on Sundays? Highly doubtful. He'll be watching NFL. What do you mean, watching NFL? Does he watch NFL as a job? Like, I don't understand. Well, he still has his podcast. He's not going to stop doing his podcast, no. I don't know. I've never heard his podcast. I couldn't give a shit about this guy. We'll see how long this lasts. I, I don't expect it to last long. I think it's just for the time being. I wouldn't be surprised if they're already trying to figure out someone else. Is it an NFL podcast that he does? Yeah, pretty much. I couldn't give a shit about the NFL either. I really don't. I don't give a fuck. Who cares? I mean, I know people do, but not me. I'm not one of them. Um, okay, Samoa Joe gets released. Joe's been hurt for a while. Where do you think he goes? Does he turn up in AEW? Do you want to see him on commentary in AEW? Do you want to see him wrestle again? What do you think is next for Joe? Well, it really feels like he can go anywhere. It feels like so many people are interested. It's, I think Impact Wrestling said they're very interested, and I'm pretty sure Japan would be interested. I mean, he can go practically anywhere he wants to go. It's just the big question is, can he be cleared to wrestle? Because right. that's a huge thing. I'm sure I don't know if any company would take him if he can't be medically cleared to wrestle. Well, the WWE wasn't clearing him, but they have some very strict concussion protocols. And I remember when Daniel Bryan wasn't able to be cleared by the WWE, he said, you know, if you guys don't clear me at a certain point, I'm just going to go wrestle somewhere else where they can clear me, release me. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Joe just goes somewhere, uh, that doesn't have the concussion protocols that WWE has. It's possible, but, uh, I, I agree with you. I think Samoa Joe is a hall of fame wrestler. He's a top talent and he should show up somewhere. AEW, New Japan, Impact Wrestling, wherever. We'll see Samoa Joe again. Billy Kane, and Peyton Royce, I feel like are the best bets to show up in AEW. AEW needs women uh, in their division, especially stars, especially uh, ones with the look and charisma of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, they can talk. They've got the they've got the gimmick down together against each other. Whatever, I think that they would be fantastic in AEW. I'm especially a big fan of Billy Kay, but I think Peyton Royce has a lot of potential as well. And I think Peyton, because of her association there with her husband, who works for the company there, Sean Spears, I think it would make a lot of sense to get them both in to AEW. And if I were to bet on the most likely to show up in AEW, I would say it would be Billy Kane, Peyton Royce. And if I were Tony Khan, those would be the first phone calls I'd be making to Billy and Peyton to get them over on my time, my uh, my side. 
Well, with Peyton, you, you expect it, right? Because married to Sean Spears, so it feels like that's almost a given. Like, I, I feel like she's been backstage at AEW in the past already, so she probably already has a connection with them anyways. She's probably already talked to Tony Khan in the past, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems more than likely that's going to happen. So, yeah, that'd be great. And, like, they kind of need it, because, like, their women's division, it's starting to build up, but it's still, like, they need... I think stronger like talent and that that would help a lot. I think Billy Kay still not the best wrestler, but in terms of a personality who can talk, it would help a lot. Billy Kay, Britt Baker promos. Oh shit. That's money. Not matches though. Not matches at all. (laughs) Maybe in like a death match. Imagine Billy Kay in a death match with Britt Baker. That'd be so crazy. Could be bold and too ugly, but come on, man. Come on, pal. Show some respect for Billy Kay. I think she's fantastic. I love her. Um, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, I think they show up in uh, AEW. But apparently everybody that got released, they have 90-day no-compete, so that nobody can show up till like, mid-July, right? July 14th, I think, is the date. Mako says Iconics are great. Well, I agree. I wonder if uh, Iconics can be spelled with one I somewhere else. Can they just be the Iconics? Because WWE spelled it I-I-C-O-N. ICS could uh, they spell it just with one I and be the iconic somewhere else? I wonder. John, you're not a copyright lawyer, are you? That I'm not aware. No, of. I. But I think sometimes it depends, though. Like if it's too close or something, like the it's still you still can't do it apparently. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it would work. I wonder what they were before, because they were teaming up before WWE, right? I have a feeling they weren't called that though. No, I don't know what they were called. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, the Iconics. Uh, they were called Jesse and Cassie. I think those are their real it's names. Pretty simple. Jesse McKay and Cassie. Is that their? Is that her real name? What's Peyton Royce's real name? Cassandra Lee McIntosh, and Billy is Jesse Jessica McKay. So maybe they'll be Jesse and Cassie. I don't know. But I can't quite figure out what they were called or if they even had a tag team name before WWE. Because it seems like before they were in WWE, they were went by Jesse McKay and Casey Cassidy. So maybe Casey and Jesse is what they'll be called in uh AEW, I don't know. They'll come up with new names. I don't know. But I don't think they can call themselves the Iconics. The Iconic Duo was a name they had, I think, in NXT before they were uh, in WWE, but not kind of outside of the WWE umbrella. I'm seeing Bob Cote say the Iconic Duo. I think that was their name early in NXT, just before they called them the Iconics. Doug Hepburn says the icons. That's a good name. The icons. That would work. Uh, I think they show up in AEW. I'd like to see Kalisto show up in AEW. That guy's a hell of a wrestler. A little surprised they let him go. I understand he's not really doing anything. He's not really, you know, used at all in WWE. He was with the Lucha House Party, but they seem to kind of be feuding with each other. It wasn't really clear what's going on there. But uh, Kalisto, gone. Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik still with the company for now, hopefully. 
very talented. Kalisto, super talented. But uh, he's let go. And like I said off the top, him and uh, Ray Phoenix would be incredible, man. I, I think Kalisto in AEW would be a lot of fun. Or, you know, maybe he goes to Mexico or, or whatever. But I think he stays in the wrestling business and gets brought into any wrestling company and is instantly an impact player because he's just so good in the ring. He wasn't really able to kind of let loose in WWE. You know, you saw glimpses of it here and there, but imagine him given like 20 minutes against a Ray Phoenix or a Kenny Omega or a Pac. You know, that type of match on Dynamite. Kalisto would fit right into it to, uh, to that style. Well, Kalisto had a really good run in WWE when you think about it. I think he was like U.S. champion a couple of times. And him and uh, Sin Cara, they had a decent run as a tag team. Like, he lasted quite a few years when you think about it. Like, it's just in the end, like, yeah, they ran out of ideas for him, which is too bad. But I, th- I think he did pretty well. And he-, he could do very well in AEW, Ring of Honor. Again, Japan, Mexico. Like, you know, may- maybe on the same star level as Samoa Joe. But in terms of a talent, he could definitely go far. I mean, Joe has seen probably his better wrestling days behind him, but I feel like Kalisto, the guy's just 34 years of age, and you're right, he signed with WWE in 2013, a pretty good run. I think he's got a lot of upside and and a big future ahead of him in professional wrestling. And again, you know, a lot of people are upset with the WWE for firing all these people, and I get it. I'm more upset with them for firing certain people and then hiring other people that seem, you know, like bad hires. Firing people, I I understand, though, especially people that you're not using. It happens every year after WrestleMania, and it's what the WWE does. And you got to understand it from their perspective. They're looking at their whole roster right now. This is a reset. WrestleMania ends the year, and this is like a brand-new year starting for the WWE, right? So they're looking at their year, and they're looking ahead, and they're looking at who are we using, who are we not using, who do we have plans for, who do we not have plans for, Who's going to be our underneath talent? Who's going to be mid-card? Who's going to be main event? And then who do we have left? And then they go with the people they have left, and they realize, well, we don't really have a place for them anymore because we're moving in different directions. You know, you see Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley come up. They're two new stars. They're on the main roster. Somebody's got to go. And Billy and Peyton were the ones that had to go. I'm not saying that it's a direct correlation between Rhea, you know, Rhea and Bianca are up, so Billy and Peyton have to leave. But when you bring in new characters to a TV show, other characters kind of have to go by the wayside, and unfortunately, that's just what happens in the wrestling business. For the most part, these people make a lot of money working for the WWE, more money than they would make anywhere else in professional wrestling. Not only that, they get their names out there, bigger than you would in any other company in professional wrestling, and they are better off having worked for the WWE than not having worked for the WWE. So they are now in better positions, much better positions, each and every one of them, than they were when they started their pro wrestling journeys, before they signed a WWE contract. Every single one of them is in a better position, except maybe Joe, I guess, because when he signed his contract, he was like physically able to wrestle, and now maybe medically not, but... That's not what happened. It didn't happen in WWE. That was during a commercial shoot. So, you know, whatever. But you know what I'm saying? Joe made some money, got a lot of exposure, and they all did. And now they can make more money because they work for the WWE. It's harsh. It's tough. But that's the wrestling business. Nobody stays in the WWE forever. 
you know, unless you're Triple H. But you got to marry the boss's daughter to do that. Very few people stay in the WWE forever. Most people get released or leave or whatever. You know, if you don't leave on your own accord, chances are at a certain point you're going to get released. I mean, even Gerald Briscoe got released. You know, I mean, people have been released that have been with the company forever, and you think, wow, they'll be there forever. Nobody's there forever. Everybody's got their time. Some people have longer amounts of time than others, but, you know. John, speaking as a professional wrestler yourself, I mean, you would love the chance to go to the WWE because it would be life-changing. Living as a professional wrestler now, it's fine, but if you were to work for the WWE, you'd be making six figures, You've been making more money than you could ever imagine. And, uh, you know, uh, say you signed a two, three-year contract, you'd come out of it a much richer man than you were prior to signing with the WWE. And also, your name in pro wrestling would be much bigger than, you know, before you worked for WWE. So, yes, it sucks that they got fired, but just working for the WWE is pretty sweet, and it's a pretty good lottery ticket. So they've done well with themselves, and now they have the WWE name to use, you know, for indie bookings or, you know, signing with the, the next wrestling company, right? Yeah, and uh, they're much more experienced. They'll be more polished wherever they go. The fact that, you know, they've wrestled WWE, I think that says a lot on a resume. So that's going to help them for future bookings for sure. That's it. It, uh, you know, it does a lot. Oh, wow. People on the chat mentioning Lana is still there. That is a little bit of a surprise. Not really. Little... She signed like a five-year deal like last year. I'm not surprised. So they fire people all the time that sign five-year deals. Have you heard the Good Brother story, John? Yeah, but she did a movie with, with Mel they Gibson. They were set for recently, life. Didn't she? Or Bruce Willis. She so? did a movie with Bruce Willis recently. They, are, they love entertainment. We've been pushing this. They aren't going to get rid of that right away. They're going to milk that as much as they can. <sighs> I'm surprised that Lana is still there. I'm a little surprised. Because, like, you know, Rusev's not there. I don't know. They fire people. I figured, yeah, that's a good point in the chat. A few people mentioned Lana. I was a little surprised that she's still there. But, John, you make a good point, too. She's entertainment. She's a big star on TikTok. So that's good for something, apparently. Tucker released. Poor Tucker. Got broken up from Otis, and you knew it was uh, all downhill from there. He was in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal last week, and they were like, hey, there's Tucker. I haven't seen him in a while. And you won't be seeing him again. Big guy, amateur wrestling background. Uh, I think he could, you know, land somewhere in pro wrestling, but just because you're big and you work for WWE doesn't mean you're going to uh, – be a pro wrestler or, or get a contract somewhere. I mean, look at Eric Rowan. I would have thought that somebody would have scooped him up right away. Not too many guys that big with that kind of look in pro wrestling, but haven't seen him anywhere. And now Tucky. Tucky would be great in New Japan. Big hoss like that. If I were New Japan, I'd take a look at Tucker. He's got that amateur background. Like, he's a legit tough guy. He's big. He's really big, too. Tucker in, in Japan would be good. Like, if I were Tucker, I would start to seeing if I could get there. Because that, to me, is the spot for Tucker. Maybe for Mojo, too. What do you think about Tucker and Mojo? Where do they go? 
Do you think AEW has interest in those guys? I feel like they're the ones who are really going to push for it. Because I don't know if like a lot of feds are going to be pushing to have them in their company. Like They're kind of the lower tier guys that got released. I, honestly, I think for Mojo, I think he's done with wrestling. I don't think he's going to wrestle anymore. I think he was just in there for WWE and that was it. And Tucker, I, I hope he keeps wrestling. But again, he's going to have to push that. He's going to have to put his name out there. He's got a good resume, so he can pull it off, but he's going to have to work for it. Yep. Well, that's a wrestling business. You better work. You better put in that work. Mojo, I think, probably does a football podcast and goes and hangs out with his buddy Gronk. I think Mojo's done in the wrestling business, to be quite honest. I don't think he was ever a wrestler. He just went from football to the WWE. Wesley Blake, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. Wesley Blake? It's up to him, too, as well. I mean... You know, good resume, but you're going to have to work for it because they're not asking for you. You're going to have to knock down your own doors. Wish them the best. Chelsea Green and Mickey James, both former Impact Wrestling stars. I could see them showing up in Impact or AEW. Both talented. I don't know if Mickey still wants to wrestle. She's been in the game for a while. She's a veteran. She'll go into the WWE Hall of Fame one day. Chelsea Green, I think, still has some wrestling years in her. Um, I don't know about Mickey. You know, if Mickey still wants to wrestle, I'm sure people would uh, would love to see her. I like Mickey James. How can you not? Legend of the business. Chelsea Green, uh, I like her too. I think she's married to Zack Ryder or fiance or something. She's, you know, with Zack Ryder. He's in Impact, so maybe she goes back to Impact too. Makes sense. The whole team's there. Zack Ryder, his buddy there, uh, Kurt Hawkins. And uh would make sense for Chelsea to show up there too. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen with her, but I don't think that that's a huge loss. I didn't think she was particularly good in NXT. I, I didn't think her matches were anything like I'd be dying to see whatsoever. And, you know, it's sad that, you know, she got hurt right away yeah. and then she gets released. That's that's really unfortunate. That happens. But I feel Mickey James is probably going to go to NWA because her husband's there. All right, Nick Makes the most sense. Yeah, that makes sense. If she still wants to wrestle. Well, with there, I mean, you don't have to wrestle all the time, so I, I could definitely could see that happen. Yeah. Mickey James, uh, Serena Deeb, Mickey James, Thunder Rosa. They could do some good stuff over there. Yeah. Right? That'd be good. I'd definitely. watch that. That'd be a reason for me to tune into NWA. You tell me Mickey James wrestling Thunder Rosa, I'd tune into that. You might have to hook me up with your password, though, John. Okay. Um, Bo Dallas. Well, I, I bet you they're saving that for the pay-per-view. They're not going to put that on television. Okay. Bo Dallas, is he done in the wrestling business? Yeah, I could, I definitely could see him done. I think he's done. I don't think he wrestles again. I think he's just been Ted, Ted dibiase You know, he was a wrestler because the WWE signed him and his dad kind of helped get him signed when he was young, made some money, and now he'll, like, you know, live on his farm or whatever he's doing. I think he's got a farm, some deal there. I think he's just going to leave the wrestling business. That's it. That's it for Bo. Bye-bye, Bo. Can you take your brother with you so we can be rid of these fucking guys already? I actually liked Bo more than Bray. But Bo had way more talent. But, uh, you know, this guy's been collecting a paycheck for years doing jack shit. I'm surprised he's lasted this long. 
Like Curtis Axel, when did he get released? Last year? How how come yeah. Bo collected a paycheck for another year when his tag team partner at the time, Curtis Axel, got released? I was like, Bo still has a job? A year later, he hasn't done shit, and now they release him? I'll take that contract, WWE. You want to give me some free money to do nothing? Why do they keep this guy under contract for a year? Has he wrestled for them in the past year? He's the only guy on this list where I'm like, good. It's good that they fired this guy. This guy's mooching off the company. Why is he still there making money? It's a waste of money. Well, former NXT champion, they invested a lot in him. So I'm not surprised that they thought maybe there'd be something for him again because they kept rebooting him so many times. They probably thought maybe we'll do it again somehow. So, Ugh. But they didn't. Yeah, I'm glad he's gone. Absolutely worthless. Not in the company, not doing anything. Get out of here, Bo Dallas. I mean, I like you, but what the hell? What the hell? How is he still under contract? Is there anybody else oh, his that's name like... Helped. Yeah, well, his name, because his brother's Bray Wyatt. Uh, anybody else in the WWE that's still under contract that you're kind of like, oh, they didn't fire them? Surprised this guy made the cut this time. How about Jackson Riker? I'm surprised Jackson Riker is still a WWE superstar, technically. Even mm, Elias. Not really surprised, because they, they need him for Elias. It actually adds to Elias, so it's somewhat of a new thing, actually, so. Surprised Randy Orton. And he has a pretty good physique, too. I'm joking. Uh, Yeah, well, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Jim Ross even said Randy Orton's the best thing going in wrestling right now. (laughs) I love JR, but sometimes he's wrong. Randy Orton's the best thing going in wrestling right now. What'd you think of the match on Monday night? The triple threat? Randy and whatever? Oh, I, I don't know. Next time I'll watch Raw, but if hey, Raw keeps being that bad, maybe I'll just just watch SmackDown. That's it. Just watch Dave after Raw. That's all you need to do, right? That's what you did this week. You just watched that's what the post Raw show. You didn't have to watch Raw. You 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 knew what was ha- happening on the show based on what I told you, and based on what I said, there was no reason to tune into that garbage wrestling program. No reason to tune life into is better tonight's. without watching Raw. Yeah, of course life is better without watching Raw. Life would be better if you didn't watch the WWE at all. Just watch the pay-per-views. I think it's a lot easier doing that because the weekly TV shows are awful. What a terrible SmackDown well, tonight. Go ahead. I'll give NXT a try again this week. We'll see. It's been a while since I watched NXT, so I'll try it this week, see how it is. The new NXT. I watched some of it last week. I saw Bianca and Rhea and uh, Gonzalez in the ring together celebrating. I hate that. That's stupid stuff. I hate stupid stuff like that. Hey, we're all from NXT. We're champions now. Well, SmackDown was all about that tonight, too. Like, I hated that as well. What an awful SmackDown. Roman Reigns starts the show in the ring with Paul Heyman and Jey Uso. Roman is like, Heyman, could you reiterate what I did at WrestleMania? And Heyman goes on and on about how Roman beat Edge and Daniel Bryan, who, you know, weren't on the show tonight. Edge and Bryan, two of the main reasons I've been enjoying SmackDown over the past month, and they weren't there, which sucked. Roman says he stacked Edge and Bryan at Mania, and 
He's done. He beat everybody. He's the tribal chief, king of the mountain, whatever. Cesaro shows up and stands in the ring and looks at Roman. Roman looks at him and then walks away. And that's it. Like Cesaro came to the ring just to stand there next to Roman. He didn't do a promo. He didn't do jack shit. And then we go to commercial. Thank goodness. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And then we come backstage and Cesaro's talking to Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville. And he's like, I want a match with Roman tonight. I understand it can't be for the title. Just give me a non-title match with Roman. And Sonya Deville is like, well, I'll talk to Roman and we'll see about that. And Cesaro's like, uh, okay. He seemed a little confused that Sonya Deville was giving him the answer. And Adam Pearce was like, hey, I thought I was in charge here. But I guess Sonya Deville's taking charge. She's like the heel general manager now on SmackDown. And like, fuck off. I don't care about that. Sonya Deville. Sonya, get the fuck out of here, okay? I don't want to see her anymore either. Boring. People like her. She's got no charisma. She's a charisma vacuum. Terrible stuff. Well, Cesaro had charisma there? Like No, that whole promo was garbage. Cesaro's got no charisma. The guy's got a great body. He's in shape. and da, da, da. He's a great wrestler, but whew, there's a reason why he's never been a main eventer. Get ready for the WWE to try again. Rey Mysterio beats Otis via pinfall in the opening match of the night. Nice little crucifix. That could have been the match of the night, quite frankly. This was not a good episode of SmackDown. Everything on it was pretty much garbage. I'm going to give Ray and Otis my match of the night tonight because I actually like Ray and Otis. You know, Dominic didn't wrestle. It was Ray. Got to love Ray Mysterio. And I really like Otis. So match of the night, Ray versus Otis, even though it was nothing special. The finish was nice, perfectly executed crucifix pinfall on the big man Otai. Is that the match of the night, John? Am I wrong? Cesaro Uso, what do you think? Yeah, I thought the main event, but I, I could see why you wouldn't say the main event because that finish kind of ruined a lot of it. But I still thought there was more emotion in that one. Like the, that match was fine. It was opening match. It, you know, it was good wrestling, but I, I think that it lacked that intensity. It, it just felt like you're just going through the motion, going through the moves, and that was it. It was a very simple match, which is fine because maybe you need to do that. I think with Otis. But it lacked that raw emotion that I thought the main event had. Ugh, I didn't like that main event. I didn't like the finish whatsoever. You're right, though. The Ray and Otis match was nothing. It didn't have much emotion. But, you know, at least it had a clear finish that I could sink my teeth into. Kayla interviews Paul Heyman backstage. Heyman says that the Swiss Quizzling will wrestle Jay Uso tonight. Quizzling. Called him a Quizzling. I like that. Um, Jay Uso, which it didn't really apply. Like, I mean, I'm a quizzling is a. I'm going to give you the definition of a quizzling. There's a very famous Norm Macdonald interview. Um, where he just got fired by Saturday Night Live, and uh, he's saying that a guy is a good man. And Letterman calls Norm Macdonald a quizzling. And Norm's like, I don't know what that means. It's a very good, uh, it's a classic Norm Letterman interview. And that's where I learned the word quizzling from David Letterman. And uh, Paul Heyman used it tonight. It, uh, it's a word for a person who collaborates with an enemy or occupying force. Uh, 
more generally a synonym for a traitor. I'm not really sure why Heyman called Cesaro the Swiss Quisling because, I mean, who's he, what enemy and occupying force is he co- cooperating with? It just didn't apply. Heyman using big words well, because because he assumes the SmackDown audience won't know what they mean. But I was like, hang on a second, Paul Heyman. I don't think you use the word quizzling in the proper way. And I'm no genius. I'm pretty sure David Letterman taught me how to use the word quizzling, but I know that word, and I don't think Cesaro is a quizzling. Or is he, John? Is he a quizzling? Well, I think he's referring to the fact that he used to manage Cesaro, so it feels ah. like Cesaro's like, you know, being a traitor in a sense because he's going against them. Well, Heyman is the one being a traitor to Cesaro. Heyman is the quizzling. Heyman, you quizzling you. Ah, he's a good man. You could say that, but Heyman being the bad guy, I get why he would say that. Yes. Anyhow, quizzling. All right, there's our vocabulary lesson for the day. Wrestling Uncensored Universe. Quizzling. An enemy sympathizer. You know, Johnny North is a quizzling to my enemy, Randy Orton. You see? A sympathizer. Why is Randy Orton your enemy? That, <laughs> He's not. He's weird. not. We're good friends. We're good friends. We smoke weed together all the time, me and Randy. Randy's a big weed smoker. You'd like to. Yeah, I think I would like to. I, of course I would like to. It'd be awesome. Smoking weed with Randy? That sounds like fun. Yeah. I'd smoke weed with anybody in the WWE. I think it would be fun. It would be a good story for the show. And I would tell you that story. I would not fucking keep that to myself. It's all about the Wrestling Uncensored Universe. I'm not here to bullshit you guys. Uncensored. I'll tell you whatever happens. Never happened? Me and Randy? Nah, we never got high together. Uh, Sammy Zane. Tremendous man. Uh, it's possible. You know, we're from the same town, but I also have not hung out with Sammy Zane or Kevin Owens. I actually have never met them. I don't know them. I don't know the guys. Uh John, you've met them. You're aware of them. You're more yeah, They're good guys. They're good guys. There you go. See, I don't know them. You know them, John. I don't know these guys. Uh have you have you been high with Sammy or Kevin? I don't think you've ever been high. Well, they're all straight edge <laughs> just like me, so. They are, eh? All of them. Oh, good for them. Good for them. They cut and not everybody could be cool like me and Matt Riddle and uh Rob Van Dam and Randy Orton, you know? We're all in the same uh Team. You said Randy Orton's cool, so that's a victory. Whoops. Whoops. You ready for Tuesday, John? Big day on Tuesday, right? Well, Tuesday's NWA, and I'll be watching NXT. Yeah, a lot of wrestling I'll be watching on Tuesday. April 20th. I'll be watching wrestling, too. 420 on Tuesday. Randy will be celebrating. So will Matt Riddle. Uh... Sami Zayn cuts a promo. He says Logan Paul was supposed to help him celebrate his victory, but Logan's mind was poisoned by Kevin Owens and the fans and Michael Cole and all of the WWE and the huge conspiracy against me, Sami Zayn. Sami said he felt the distance when Logan Paul was there in the ring and Sami went to hug him before the match. He felt Logan was uncomfortable and wasn't down with the hug, wasn't there to be Sami's friend, and it distracted him. Sammy was distracted at WrestleMania by Logan Paul, by the lack of friendship, and that's why he lost to Kevin Owens. And now, without Logan Paul or the toxic fans cheering and distracting him, he is ready to face Kevin Owens again in a rematch from WrestleMania, which had an inconclusive finish when Kevin 
was attacking Sammy, had him set up for a stunner. Sammy got out of the ring. Kevin went to chase him. Sammy rakes the eyes of Kevin Owens and walks away to lose by countout. Sammy gets counted out. Kevin attacks Sammy after the match and does hit him with the stunner, but only wins by countout over Sammy Zayn. So they wrestled at Mania. They wrestled again here tonight, and you could tell it's not over, right? WrestleMania backlash, maybe a steel cage or something where Sammy can't escape, a no DQ, false count anywhere type of thing. I think a hardcore match between these two would be excellent. They had a regular wrestling match on uh, Sunday at Mania. I think some sort of hardcore match with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn would be apropos and would be uh, fantastic. It would steal the show at Backlash. And, hey, it would give us wrestling fans something to look forward to. Right? At least we'd have something to look forward to at Backlash if they gave us some sort of no-DQ Sami versus Kevin match. Hope for the best. Well, I think a lot of people would appreciate that. I, I just felt, not that this match was bad or anything, but it just felt like it was always in first gear the whole match. And we never really even saw it at WrestleMania, them go to like another gear, which you know they can. So it'd be great to see that no DQ match or stipulation match because you know they could do so much more. And I just felt they haven't even touched even close what they can do. Yeah, well, we can hope, John. We can hope. Apollo Crews. You don't sound very hopeful. I mean, no, it's WWE. Who knows? I think they probably will give it to us, but I think the rest of the Backlash show will suck, so, you know, whatever. It'll be one bright spot in an otherwise terrible, terrible wrestling show. Like, post-WrestleMania, the two best guys in the whole company weren't on TV this week. AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. It's a bad week in the WWE when you don't use your two best guys. I don't care what anybody says about anybody in that fucking company. AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan are head and shoulders above everybody else that works for them. And they weren't used this week. AJ just won the tag titles at WrestleMania, wasn't on Raw. Daniel Bryan just had one of the greatest matches in Mania history, wasn't on SmackDown. These are the guys that lost. I tune in for. Yeah, I know he lost. So what? So did Edge. So the John. Uh, Yeah, so Edge is hurt too. Whatever. I don't care. That's not the point. The point is, these are the guys that I watch for. And Billy Kay. But hey, forget about Billy Kay. So the people that I'm watching for dwindles, right? If AJ's not there, Brian's not there. At least Kevin and Sammy were on the show tonight. Everybody else, I mean, you know, Kevin and Sammy, thank God for those guys. Apollo Crews and his guy used to be known as Dabakato. He is now known as Commander Aziz. Holy shit, what a stupid name. Commander Aziz, he is a former member of the Nigerian Elite Guard, according to Apollo Crews. And Big E is not here at SmackDown tonight. Of course, Big E, another bright spot of the show that's not there, one of my favorite guys in WWE, wasn't on the show because he just lost the Intercontinental title to this joke of a fucking gimmick. 
And Apollo says that Biggie's not there because he suffered the wrath of the Nigerian nail, which is Commander Aziz's move that he hit Biggie with at WrestleMania, which, if you've been a fan for a while, you know the move as the Samoan Spike. It's a thumb to the neck. Umaga used to use the move. It was called the Samoan Spike, and now it is the Nigerian Nail. Okay? What the fuck? Um, <laughs> Apollo shows the clip of WrestleMania, and as they're playing the clip, you can hear the producer go, five, four, three, two, and then Apollo's back on the screen. So that was a big botch there. Producer countdown. Very, very audible on the broadcast. But, you know, live TV, pal, it happens, whatever. A little funny. It makes it feel faker than it is, even though it's very fake. Even the accent is fake. This guy was Daba Kato, street fighter from Raw Underground, six months ago. Now he is Commander Aziz, master of the Nigerian nail, former member of the Nigerian Elite Guard military group. Get the fuck out of here with this bullshit. The fucking Samoan Spike is now the Nigerian nail, and Yabba Daba Kato is... Commander Aziz. What's the difference between Commander Aziz and Colonel Mustafa? I don't believe uh, Colonel Mustafa was part of any like elite group or anything like that. Elite military, anyways. So what was he a colonel of? It's just the name. That was it. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was stupid, too. Because everybody knew... That it was Iron Sheik, right? <laughs> like, I mean, most people know that it's Dabakato. I mean, not everybody. It's not like Iron Sheik coming back as Colonel Mustafa because that's like, hey, come on now. That's Sheiky, baby. We know who that is. Dabakato, he's like not as known as Iron Sheik was when he came back as Colonel Mustafa. But still, it's a dumb name. Commander Aziz, the Nigerian nail. Formerly the Samoan Spike. I mean, ugh. Bad promo. Bad gimmick. Nothing I want to see. Terrible. You like Commander Aziz? I think the name's kind of funny. And, you know, I, I like the idea of, like, you know, this bodyguard gimmick thing. It's just, you know, if Raw's going to have one, you got to have one on SmackDown, right? So it's just the way the... The universe is kind of just fine balance in a sense. Okay. I Whatever. It's I'm not finding any balance there. It seems a very unbalanced show. Whoever's running it seems unbalanced. Doesn't seem like much balance going on there. Basically falling out of my oh, chair no, we have, watching you know, this shit. Huh? We have tag titles, you know, two separate tag titles, two separate women titles, you know. Bodyguard gimmick, one show. Bodyguard gimmick, another show. Balance. Yeah. Except one guy is pretending to be a Nigerian bodyguard. The other guy, Omas, is Nigerian. He's the only guy born in Nigeria among any of these guys, and he's not doing the gimmick. 
I don't know where Dabakato's from. I don't even know if he's from Africa. Where's Dabakato from? Isn't he Polish or something? Bet you he's from the States. Oh, he's born in Poland. Okay. He's, I think, oh, oh yeah, no, wait. He's half Nigerian. There we go. There you he's go. Half Polish, half Nigerian. Babatunde is his real name. Babatunde. Why couldn't they just call him Babatunde? Instead, they call him Commander Aziz. This is Babatunde. Commander Aziz Nigerian. sounds better. I don't know. Babatunde is pretty good, and it's his real name. Well, he at least he's half Nigerian. There you go. Okay, so he's actually half Nigerian. Wasn't born in Nigeria like Omas, but he was born in Poland, half Polish, half Nigerian. So at least there's an element of truth to Commander Aziz. Well, that's a saving grace, I suppose. Street Profits cut an in-ring promo. They talk about uh, beating the Dirty Dogs for the tag team titles later on in the show, which they did not do. And then they promote Bianca Belair. And it's a championship celebration with the Street Profits and Bianca. And Bianca talks about following her dreams and getting to WrestleMania and winning the title. And she says, oh, I knew I would do it. Very confident. She says it's not cockiness. It's just that EST that everyone can find in them. Trying to be relatable. I don't see her as that relatable because she's such a super athlete. She's so rare. Even in the WWE, packed with some tremendous athletes, she's like above the rest in athletics. And she's like, oh, I'm relatable. I'm just like every one of you. No, you're not, Bianca. You're like a super athlete. Everybody can find the EST inside of them. Yeah, but can everybody do the shit that you do? Like, probably not. She's genetically gifted. I mean, I'm sure she works very, very hard to do all the shit that she does in the gym and all that, but I don't know. Uh, I don't like Bianca Belair as a babyface. I think as a heel, she's going to work a lot better down the road. I don't see her as, like, this relatable character that she's trying to be, that she's trying to put over. But, hey, that's fine. She's just very confident, very cocky, you know, and that cocky baby face. I don't know if it's going to work for her. We'll see. I like Bianca. I think she's good in the ring, but her promos are just kind of, I don't know. And uh, she says she's just getting started, making history, and now you guys have to go win belts because all we do is wear gold in this family. Uh, and then they they lost. Right. Uh, what'd you think of Bianca's promo tonight? I I didn't love it. Thought it was all right. I mean, she doesn't cut the best promos, but you know, I felt there was a lot of passion there and it felt like she meant a lot of what she said at least. And although it like, yeah, that line of everyone can do a kind of thing. It's like, yeah, it's not completely accurate. Like not everyone can because, you know, she had some advantages over a lot of people, but, you know, I mean, is that really her fault? No. You know, she took advantage of her advantages. That's it. Mm -hmm. Sure. I just don't know how, how much of a relatable baby face she's going to be down the road. We'll see. I like her. I think people just wanted to see her as champ. They wanted someone new. And she is that mm -hmm. new generation of wrestlers people wanted to see. She's older than Sasha Banks. New generation as in terms of like someone different that we haven't seen time and time again. You know, Sasha Banks, 
she's had a run more than had a run at this point, you know, like she's been the definition of the women's division for quite a few years, you know, Bianca, like now is her time. Sasha is fantastic. Sasha backstage uh, interviewed. She's just mad. She doesn't say anything. She walks away, shows the whip mark from the hair that Bianca hit her with uh, at WrestleMania. She's got like a little scar on her stomach from the hair whip. That was a cool moment in the match. Made a good sound. Bailey interviewed backstage. I love the Bailey promo. I thought Bailey cut the best promo probably of the whole night over at everybody. I don't think anybody cut a better promo than Bailey tonight. She was like, oh, Sasha's so angry. She can't even put a sentence together. Bianca was crying before the match started because she didn't think she could actually win. She's like, Bianca's so arrogant. She's not the kind of champion that you want. Bailey is going to restore dignity to the title, and she wants a match with Bianca for the belt. I like Bailey's shirt, too, or jacket or whatever she was wearing, the Know Your Role model jacket. Kind of a play on the Rock's old catchphrase, Know Your Role, and it was kind of in the same font as the Know Your Role. But she's the role model, so she is Know Your Role model. I thought that was good. Nice little jacket there from Bailey. Good promo. Promo of the night for me. I'm a big Bailey fan. I think she's great. Well, yeah, Bianca needs someone she can steamroll over the for first opponent. So Bailey's going to be that one. That's fine. Yeah. It sucks. Bailey is just a punching bag these days, though. Punching bag to the Bellas, and now she's going to be a punching bag to Bianca, right? Yeah, but like, isn't that not a good spot though? She'll be get to be the comeback match for the Bellas. Like, is that not going to be like a big pay per view match? Probably will be. If it happens. Oh, I think it's going to happen one day. I wouldn't be surprised SummerSlam you see it. Yeah, Bellas are talking about it. But Bailey and somebody, you know, Bailey Sasha versus the Bellas or just Bailey versus Nikki? Yeah, you know, Bailey and Carmella. That would make a lot of sense. Carmella needs a tag team partner. They just fired Billy Kay. Right. They they just put them together like two weeks ago, and now Billy Kay's fired. When Billy Kay got fired, Carmella must have got a little nervous, right? Carmella mm, could go. Doubtful. I mean, she could, but I, I don't know. They just kind of re-debuted her. So if they, you know, they've done it before in the past, but I, I'd be kind of surprised. I would not have been surprised had they let Carmella go too. But hey. Dirty Dog, Ziggler and Rude beat the Street Profits, beat them clean to retain the tag team titles. Uh, Zigzag from Ziggler. Off they of say Bl- clean. Questionable. They, why? Ziggler, when, they, they didn't cheat? When they made that last tag, like Dolph wasn't holding the tag rope, so that tag shouldn't have been legal. The ref co- counted it. Dolph was in the well, corner. Well, the ref screwed up. Well, whatever. The, the, it was legal. The tag rope. Who, who holds a tag rope anymore? They were Dolph. holding the tag rope the whole match, except for that tag. <laughs> Did commentary mention why, the tag why rope? Why hold the tag rope? Why hold the tag rope and like abide by the rules when you can't do it in the end? I thought it was a clean victory. Johnny North still cares about the tag rope. You're right, though. You're right. Why hold it if you're going to let go at the end? But the ref... Counted the tag. Montez didn't see it. Ziggler tagged Rude. Montez didn't see that Ziggler was the legal man. He's looking at Rude. He takes a zigzag from behind. One, two, three. Dolph 
gets the win. Dirty Dogs still tag team champions. I kind of thought the Street Profits were going to win the tag team titles there. SmackDown after Mania, they have this whole championship celebration with Bianca. Didn't it kind of feel like the Street Profits were going to win? I was a little surprised by that finish. It felt like just a repeat of that four-way, except you took the two other teams out and you just repeated the exact same ending pretty much. Yeah. Not a special match by any stretch, right? Not that fun. Natty versus Shayna, also not a special match. Nothing really happened. Natty got the win. Uh, she got uh, she rolled up Shayna Baszler. Nia Jax tried to attack Natty after the match, but Tamina kicked her, and Natty and Tamina stand tall. Again, bad officiating. You know, Tamina pulled Natty out right in front of the referee, and the ref did nothing. Like it's just ridiculousness. Back two ba- two matches back and like see that it's just it's bad. Yeah. I mean SmackDown was overall bad. They kept showing the Cesaro thing over and over again. Why they keep showing it? Like four or five times they during must the night. Love it. They showed Cesaro do the UFO, right? The fi- the airplane spin without the arms. Did they just realize right. that he could do this? He's been doing it for years. Before he worked in WWE, he did it. I've seen him do it in WWE before. But I guess because he did it on Seth and it was a big spot. It was at WrestleMania. They're blown away. But they showed it like four or five times. It's like they're more obsessed with this than they were with Nia Jax saying my hole a few months ago. That they had to show over and over again. Right? Or Mandy Rose falling at WrestleMania. Then Nia Jax had to fall all over the ring on Monday because, oh, it's funny. No, it's not. See, they try to do entertainment and they fail miserably. Hey, wasn't it funny when Mandy fell at Mania? Yeah, because she actually fell. It was funny. Hey, let's have Nia fall a bunch of times on Raw. Won't that be funny? No. No, it will not be funny. Oh, we did it. Wasn't it funny? No, it was fucking stupid. You stupid idiots. Stop doing this shit. Fucking stupid WWE. It's all stupid. Anyways, they're playing Cesaro over and over again. They played it like six times. I don't know. I don't know why they kept playing that video highlight, but uh, they were obsessed with Cesaro and uh, pumping him up for his big match with Jey Uso in the main event. Cesaro wanted a match with Roman Reigns, but apparently Roman, nah, didn't feel like it. So he got Jey Uso instead. And Cesaro got the win by disqualification when Seth Rollins attacked Cesaro. Cesaro had Uso in the swing. Seth came in, attacked Cesaro. And Seth yelling at Cesaro, telling him that he got lucky one time. This isn't over. You beat me at Mania. I'll get you for this, Cesaro. Seth says, I am the be-all and end-all of this industry, and the sooner you figure it out, the better it's going to be. Acknowledge Seth. Right? I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Seth comes out, he's like, I run this business, this business is all about me, I'm the, I mean, just say you're the head of the table, just acknowledge me, you know what I mean, like, him and Roman basically have the same gimmick, WWE's about me, I'm the most important guy in WWE, and I'm like a maniac about it, I'm crazy, I'm delusional, I'm so obsessed with myself and so overconfident that I'm just like, you know, Roman is calm, and Seth is like like a little crazier, but they basically have the same gimmick. I am the be-all and end-all of this industry, and the sooner you figure it out, the better it's going to be. That line could be coming from Seth or Roman, right? 
If I told you who said the following tonight on the be-all and end-all of this industry, and the sooner you figure it out, the better it's going to be. If I said who said that and you didn't know, I think you'd probably guess Roman, right? Yeah, probably. Acknowledge Seth. Terrible stuff. Terrible stuff. Thank you, Patrick C. Or No, sorry. Douglas Hepburn. I thought it was Patrick. Who's our leader of the night? I think Patrick is the leader. Patrick dropped a big one at the top. Patrick is still the leader. Doug is uh, coming in, though. Doug is uh, like halfway there, but Patrick's still the Super Chat leader of the night. Doug Hepburn says, Dave, give us a Triple H impression. Oh, here we go. Game time. All right. uh, Let me tell you about Seth. Uh, He used a pedigree at WrestleMania. Uh, He should have won the match with that. uh, Do you know how many matches I've won with that? uh, So many. Same gimmick as Roman. Uh, he sucks. Uh, hey, Vince, uh, let me take over the company. Uh, no, you're a fucking idiot. I think you're crazy. Uh, I don't give a shit about you, pal. Fuck out of here. Ruining my fucking NXT. It used to be so good when Bo Dallas was champion. What have you done with it? Piece of shit. I hate you so much. Wish Stephanie would have stuck with Test. To, to be fair, it was pretty good, actually, because you had Cesaro versus like, Sami Zayn back then. So Yeah, I know. It was really good. Tyson Kidd and like Cesaro tearing it up. Remember Tyson Kidd and Curtis Axel having great matches in NXT? Michael McGillicuddy. He I remember what happened. I don't remember the exact match. Oh, they were so good. They had good matches. I think it was Michael McGillicuddy and Tyson Kidd back then in NXT, early days of NXT. I remember when NXT was good, when it was Fandango and EC3 and Maxine running the show. The good old days of NXT. When it was a competition show, when you had, uh, you know, what do you call it? The... Uh, you know, when Titus fell, what were they doing? The challenges, the uh, obstacle courses. Obstacle course wrestling. That's what I want to see. Not this uh, fucking mm. Pat McAfee bullshit. I, I don't miss that stuff, but, <laughs> you know, that's what you like, I guess. No, I didn't like that either. I mean, I kind of did. There were there were elements of it that I liked. I thought EC3 and uh, Fandango were really good on that show back in the day, but... I think I was the only one watching, and that's why it's not like that anymore. Doug Hepburn liked this Triple H impression. All right, Doug, that was for you, buddy. That was for you. And uh, we will be back. Well, at least I will be back here tomorrow night, 9 p.m., for the Jake Paul-Ben Askren boxing match, which, you know, how crazy is that? How crazy is that? Tomorrow night, this boxing match will happen. I don't know if you saw Jay, uh, Ben Askren at the weigh-ins today, but, uh, yeah. Not looking good? I don't know. You want to see a picture? Show you a picture. Just as we sign Was Ric Flair there? 
Uh, I didn't see him, but I know there's going to be some sort of slap boxing fight that he's going to be refereeing tomorrow, right? I'm interested in that. Yeah, Ric Flair's going to be a special referee in some sort of slap boxing match tomorrow during the Ben Askren-Jake Paul boxing match pay-per-view. Here's a picture of Askren at the weigh-in today. Oops. I mean, that's really the most important part. I could get his face, too, but what do you think? How's that look? Please say that's Photoshop. No, it's not. That's how he really looked at 191 pounds. I got to say, John, I mean... He kind of looks like me without my shirt on, and, like, that's not good if you're doing a boxing match. That's pretty much, like, yeah. I thought you said he was taking this seriously. What happened? Well, he fought his whole career at 170 pounds, and this is at 191, so he's got to make the weight somehow, right? Chicken and biscuits. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Maybe he's fucked tomorrow. I don't know, man. This is a weird fight, and I'm looking forward to it, because who fucking knows? Who knows? It's going to be fun tomorrow night. We will be here tomorrow night, 9 p.m., for the Ringside Report special presentation, watch-along of the Jake Paul-Ben Askren boxing match. We'll be here for the whole damn pay-per-view, 9 p.m. Eastern start. I'll be here. Fred will be here. AJ will be here. And our main man, Matt Casavon, who is a boxing expert He is our boxing analyst. He will also be joining us on a big watch-along here on the network tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern. You definitely want to tune in for that. It's going to get wild, okay? Follow Johnny North at North Genesis. Follow me at Dave Simon MMA. Follow Johnny on Instagram at Genesis Johnny North. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and when you subscribe, click the bell. So you get notifications each and every time we are on. Become a member of the Ringside Report universe. Go to membership.ringsidereport.net. Go to donate.ringsidereport.net. And if you want to get some of this cool merch, you can go to merch.ringsidereport.net. For everything else, ringsidereport.net. All our shows, all our things available online on our official website, ringsidereport.net. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We appreciate you. Thank you to the members. Patrick C. Hamilton, appreciate you for the big super chat. Doug Hepburn as well. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Nick. Nick and Doug. Good friends out there, out in Kingston, Ontario. Shout out to you guys. I think our borders are closed now between Quebec and Ontario. But, hey, one day they will be opened again, and this whole country will be opened again, and we'll all see each other and we'll have a big party. Okay? One day it will happen. For Johnny, I'm Dave. Thank you all. I'll see you tomorrow night for Askrin Paul.